The question I've chosen today, James, is one that I know that you care about deeply. It's from, Uh-oh. It's is from, this about golf again? Oh, it's so you're so close. Is it about soccer? Yes. Or the beach? James, you know me well. I'd like to think I know you half as well as you know me. The question from Quora is, now I have a lot to say about this, but I don't need to say any of it because if I, I'm eager to know what you have to say. Seriously. The question from Quora is, why is soccer not more popular as a spectator sport in the United States? As you probably know well, it is easily the biggest spectator sport around the world. So most things that are really, really popular around the world are also popular in the United States, right? Movies, the pursuit of money, sex. I don't think sex is much less popular in the U.S. All the things that people love, sugar, sugary foods. and So why is soccer? And, and actually often one is a replacement for the other. Or I was thinking all three at the same time. See, if you're not having a lot of sex or eating a lot of sugar, you know, to sublimate your desire for sex. I do find that I and probably a lot of people I know do some form of stress eating. I don't know if it's necessarily because you're not having sex. That's very stressful, though. Not, not having, having sex. Not being in a good relationship. Mm, I agree. I, I do feel um, that my um, cortisol levels or whatever they are, probably they feel like about triple when there's something stressful going on in the family. And then you want comfort food. That's why it's called comfort food. Sure. Yeah. To bring them down. Or maybe to watch some soccer, if that's your comfort. Yeah, exactly. Bringing it back full circle. So wait, what's what was the question? <laughs> the question is, James, why is soccer not more popular as a spectator sport in the US? Again, considering the fact that it's so wildly popular. Right? Well, okay, I have a, a variety of answers. Let's have them. First answer, which I've done under serious study, is soccer sucks as a sport. <laughs> um I'd much rather watch a sport where there's more than two goals, you know, two oh one point to one point after a two hours of watching, it's a tie game. Like, no interest, not fun. Now, I, I entirely empathize with your view, and I know that many people share your view, especially many Americans, although I will say this, as a relatively recent convert to being a fairly se- serious fan of soccer, football as we call it in our house, the lack of scoring, believe it or not, has become an asset in our viewership, and here's why. As this economist who studies suspense explained it to me, because there's so much less scoring in a game like football, soccer, than there is in American football or whatever, tennis, you're obviously scoring at every point. Because there's so little scoring, therefore, the value of each score is gigantic. Therefore, the value of each step that's a potential determinant of a score, in other words, a play, a foul, a yellow card, a red card, gains added significance. And therefore, the result is that the level of suspense and drama actually escalate. Well, I think I know of that study, and you know how much anticipation I had <laughs> in, in anticipation of the release of that study? I'm going to say zero. Zero. What, I would, you no rather watch, what would you rather watch on study. TV, a chess match or a soccer game? Well, first off, chess matches are very exciting because there's a lot of analysis and there's move, <laughs> there's moves every few minutes. <laughs> and but I'd rather watch a tennis so wait, game. So wait, I'd let rather me watch a tennis back. game where there's a point like every few seconds. Fair enough, but let me just back up one second. So you just said that watching a chess match is much more exciting than watching a soccer game, which Absolutely. I which I believe you to believe hundred percent. You know, I, you know what? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because when you're watching well, the way people watch a chess match is on the internet, where there's also a community. So you can participate in the community by everybody's analyzing possibilities and moves. Right. So add community 
to what's happening. And there's time between moves to actually study and analyze and understand and argue and hear from experts that you admire and also hear, talk to people you're, who are equal to you and challenging to you. I think that aspect of community is much more interesting. So if you can add a community element to a spectator sport, why not? That sounds great for people who love it. And I have zero, zero, zero problem with, again, embracing heterogeneous preferences that you and a lot of other people love that. But let me ask you but, this. But I'm, also, I'm not saying chess is a spectator wait, sport wait, wait, in the here, United States either. But here's my point. Yeah, okay, well, here's my point. How many people will watch the most widely watched chess match today? Um, if there's a computer versus the world champion, that'll eventually be upwards of a million. A but, million. But I'm not saying... A million. I'm not comparing it to, okay, to but soccer here, but or this sport. Is, but this is the my... The original question was, <laughs> why isn't soccer a spectator, a more widely... Right, but... Chess is not a spectator wait, sport in the United States either. But, but let's roll back your argument. The reason you said that soccer is not popular is because it's really boring, right? And then yes. you said, what's more exciting to me is chess. To me. I defend... Right. I defend your right to say that. But... A million people might watch a chess match. A billion or two billion might watch a soccer match. I, Therefore, I, just the data alone, forget about objective discussions of exciting, just the data alone tell us that in most parts of the world, a lot, a lot, a lot of people love soccer. Okay, fair so enough. So the real question is what makes the U.S. different other than higher taste? Um <sighs> So what makes the U.S. different? Can I just tell you something? You are never going to be invited to be a guest on the Footy for Two podcast. No, maybe I could discuss this. Why? Why? I don't think my co-host would really. Uh, maybe I. I don't could, think he'd know what to do with you. Maybe I could say why I've liked soccer on the times when I have enjoyed watching soccer. Oh, which let's has hear about happened. that. So back in nineteen was in ninety four the World Cup. In the yeah, nineteen ninety four. I did watch all the matches that I could of the World Cup, and it's because. I watched with my friends, and right. so there was community around it. So I feel community in the U.S. is a real important factor towards what makes something a spectator sport. Probably in the same case in the other countries you're, as well. You're so, so assuming that doesn't co- exist, though. I'm assuming it doesn't exist for soccer in the U.S. Oh, but it does, just so you know. But like we we grew up a little bit with learning soccer. Like You and I played soccer a little bit as kids, but we played baseball and football much more. But when you and say those the community, became, you mean the community like to get together to watch with people? Yes. Because soccer, that that's t- exactly what happens here. For instance, we watch most matches that Barcelona plays, our team, w- in a pub with a few hundred people. Sure. And I agree with that. And by the way, most of those people are from other countries is my guess. So, the but in the U.S., people get together in a bar, not a pub, by the way, we're in the U.S., people together get together in a bar uh, with a few hundred people also uh, in every bar in the country to watch chess, to watch football, to watch basketball, and to watch hockey, and to watch uh, baseball, all sports we grew up with as kids. Can so, I? So, just as related to how we grew up, it's kind of a related to upbringing, as opposed to in South America, they, they're brought up on soccer because maybe because of economic conditions, every street was like a little soccer field or whatever. But doesn't it seem funny that a sport that was invented in England and then exported primarily, I don't know about primarily, exported heavily through colonialism, has caught on. There are very few parts of the world where you can go today where soccer is not a really prominent feature of the sports landscape. And yet, in this country, which is uh, a big sport country, it is not as predominant. But but let me ask you this question. This is an important question, which might explain it. What does it take for a bunch of kids 
just to go from scratch to playing a soccer game. Almost it, nothing. It just takes a ball. Right. And for every other game, like with baseball, you have to create where's the ba- where's the bases, what's the lines, where's the this and then Very that. Complicated. You have to build a pitcher's mound or whatever. Okay, even with basketball, you need the nets and some more lines. Uh, so soccer, I can just throw a ball down, everybody can start kicking it, and that's soccer. Take a moment to listen to this message while we figure out where this answer is headed. How do you feel about the experience your customers have when they call your business? Better yet, how do they feel about it? The truth is, all those answering services are the same. And in order to truly wow your callers with the best service possible, you've got to check out Ruby Receptionists. They are the virtual receptionist service with the five-star Yelp rating, whose dedicated staff has been handpicked for their outstanding people skills. Ruby's receptionists are available 13 hours a day, five days a week, the peak hours for your business's call volume. Ruby provides multiple ways for clients to get in touch. You can simply forward your existing business phone number to Ruby's super-friendly team of professionals and prepare to be amazed. If you are a self-proprietor whose cell phone is also your business line, Ruby can also provide you with an additional phone number in your local area code or set up a toll-free 1-800 number. Ruby's advanced calling system ensures that your receptionist knows details about your callers before answering. They'll think your receptionist is right there in your office instead of at Ruby's state-of-the-art facilities in Portland, Oregon. It's like having a model full-time employee for a fraction of the cost. In fact, Fortune Magazine has named Ruby one of the top five places to work for the last four years running. There's only one way to guarantee your callers a five-star experience, and that is with Ruby. Hurry to callruby.com slash QOTD to get free activation, a $95 value. That's callruby.com slash QOTD, as in question of the day. Check it out right now. Let me ask you to uh, guess the average attendance, live um, audience members, uh, spectators at the different leagues in American sports. So let's do five. NFL, the NBA, the NHL, MLB, and MLS, the American soccer uh, major league. So what's your your best guess for average attendance per game? And keep in mind, this is a little apples to apple orange yes. for two reasons. One is there's less attendance per game. Um, there's less games in soccer, th- right? There are many fewer games in football. Let's say you know eight home games for one team on a 16 game season than there are for baseball. 81 home games for 162 season game season. So that's a big difference. But also. Um, TV viewership may not be very correlated to audience membership, uh, live spectator membership. But that said, let me ask you to do them one at a time. What's your best guess, average number of people who attend an NFL game in the United States? But wait, I need to ask, what's your reason? What's your what's your end goal here? What's your reasoning for asking? What's, uh, what are you going to try to prove? This is question of the day, baby. I'm just asking you a question. I'm not trying to prove anything. I mean, I really have no idea. The stadiums fit like thirty or forty thousand people. Okay, what's the what is? So, do you want me it, to just read you the numbers? Yeah, assume the stadiums. Are you scared of sounding uh, no, like I, you don't I, know something? I, not having I can. It's uh, not having ever been. I've been to like one professional game of anything in my life. So, so you sat courtside at some NBA game. I bet. Um, near near the court. Ah, near the court. <laughs> yes, like three three. How many people do you up. think were at that NBA game? I don't know. Was that Barclays Center? So how many is it? It was a full stadium. Okay, that Barclays Center. Okay, so I'll give you the numbers rather than trying to entrap you. 
The NFL averages about 67,000 spectators per wow, game. per game? Which is a lot. Those, yeah. those stadiums are big. Uh, college football, some college football programs average much more. Uh, but again, keep in mind, it's eight home games per season. Major League Baseball currently with 81 home games. That's a lot to fill. But that currently averages 30,000, roughly, spectators per game. Mm. All right, but let me tell you, the average attendance of Major League Soccer is now about 21,000 per game. Okay. So compared to baseball, which averages 30,000, doesn't seem that great. Compared to football, which is 67,000, doesn't seem that great. And keeping in mind that soccer tickets are substantially cheaper than baseball or football tickets. But here's where I'm going with this. The NHL averages 17.4 thousand spectators per game. The NBA averages 17.8 thousand per game. Now, there are a lot of factors here. NBA court is relatively small, if you put 100,000 people, yeah, they're indoors. just not going to be able to see it, right? It's totally indoors. But soccer, that said, Major League Soccer, which is a league that most people don't even know or think about, is currently averaging about three to 4,000 more spectators per game than either the NHL or the NBA. Okay, but it's interesting that you name two indoor sports, mm, sure. and NHL and NBA versus an outdoor sport. And that's certainly a function sport. of it because you're just sitting too far. But my point is this. The appetite for soccer in America as reflected by the attendance at games, is actually r- relatively healthy. I mean, this has been a conversation that's okay. been happening for 40 years, which is soccer is finally about to happen in this country. But you still would seem to agree with this questioner on Quora that soccer as a spectator sport is just not happening in no, the U.S. But I will say the reason is, and this is why it could change, is that you and I grew up playing harder to set up sports like baseball, Football, soccer, can basketball. I just say, can I just and counter soccer that? is easy. If you own a football, which isn't that hard to own, but then, in, then in, playing American football, touch football at least, is no harder than playing. soccer. Correct. But you where, just, if you're if you're in the middle of like Bombay, where are you gonna where are you gonna find a football? Probably at the sporting goods store. I don't believe it. I think you're gonna find a lot of soccer balls or round balls. Maybe you find you'd find a rugby ball, which you could use for American football. All right. But my point is this: it's weird that as a country with a big appetite for sports. Now, look, the rest of the world has mostly not adopted baseball. Basketball has caught on pretty much. I think for economic reasons. They're not building nets all over the place. That, you think it's some, the absence of nets that's yeah. the problem. <laughs> exactly. I, yeah. I think I think the reality is, it's just you have to look at it at face value. It hasn't caught on in America. There's a reason. I think the reason, the reason is I think the reason is it's it's America play the other countries, it's not as easy to play many of these American games. When they when we were growing up. Now it's different. When we're growing up now, kids so are playing soccer, that soccer more here. So you're saying soccer became the global sport because it required the least input, lowest cost of entry. Right. And now the other sports, as you mentioned, are it's easier to play them in the other countries, but also soccer is our kids are growing but up more playing soccer. basketball was invented by James Naismith at a YMCA by hanging a peach basket on a wall. So you're saying that someone in India or... Uh, Kenya or Vietnam or Bolivia couldn't hang a peach basket on a wall. That's what that's yes. what's attributable. Yes. That's how you attribute the growth of soccer was the inability to nail a peach basket on a wall. Because instead of doing that, I could just take a basketball and kick it around. I find that <laughs> rather to be... than find. Hey, do you have a peach basket? I need to hang up two of them <laughs> on walls ninety feet apart and. And then there's all these complicated rules. There's no rules in soccer. You just kick it around, kick it to your friends, and then kick it in the goal. Okay, so let's pretend that I agreed with even 1% of what you just said, which would be a stretch. (laughs) Why 
would the easy game not have triumphed in America? Why are you saying that the ease of play wouldn't have been an appeal here? And let me also say this. If you go back to about 80 years ago, soccer was actually pretty popular in the United States because we were a country of immigrants who came here playing soccer. But then football, first in college and professional and basketball and baseball, they did crowd out soccer without question. There, There was a possibility. I mean, this question is interesting to me because, look, I've made two arguments. One is that soccer is a lot more popular here than many people think, but that compared to the rest of the world, it's it's plainly not yet, although it is growing. But I do wonder what it says about this country as an outlier, as an anomaly, because, you know, we were founded, we, we have an unusual origin story. If we were a superhero, like, it's a pretty different origin story. And we have this kind of uh, fierce embrace of independence and isolationism sometimes. And I think one big reason why soccer is not a huge sport here is because we like being different. We like being isolated. We like being our own thing. And we like um, being the leader. But given that, how do we know they're not playing sports in other countries? Which other sports? like, Like football. We read the newspapers. Like American football... Has, we've tried for years, the NFL has tried to start, there was a European league which ended up f- shutting down. There are very few places in the world where American football is played seriously. Although in pockets, there are some Chinese teams, I think, and so on. But, um, but soccer, soccer is a sport. That's where it, one, one other argument is that, well, the level of play here is just not as high, considering that we're a country of 300 and whatever million. And one interesting argument I find about that, or why that's true, is that the U.S. is one of the only countries in the world that doesn't believe in professionalizing most athletes until they're adults. So tennis is kind of an exception. There are like 12-year-olds who are basically preparing for a professional career. But um, Oh, that's interesting. There's, a, um, there's a, an American football player, a very bright and interesting guy named Andrew Luck. He's a quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. He went to Stanford, bright guy. His father was an NFL quarterback also, but then worked as an executive for NFL Europe, but also for soccer teams. And Andrew Luck grew up partly in Europe as a huge soccer fan, but now, again, he's a big American football player. He says one big difference about the skill level is that because we don't believe in professionalizing young athletes here— Like, the best soccer players, we force and expect them to finish high school. They usually go to college. Whereas if you're an 8- or 9- or 10-year-old with the requisite ability in even in England, but certainly in other parts of Europe, certainly in South America, certainly in Africa, you are put into a professional academy. And you, yes, you get some education, but you're basically treated like a young professional from that level up. And therefore, one could argue that the the skill level in most places around the world is going to be inherently higher than ours, which theoretically could be one reason why we don't embrace it so much is because our style is not as good. That could be, I, I think. So So let's say the listener at home, what's, what's their takeaway here? I think their takeaway is this. If you believe, as James Altucher believes, that watching a chess match is more exciting than watching a soccer game. That soccer then then you will never <laughs> meet a girl if you're certainly if you're a guy, <laughs> and if you're a girl, you'll meet lots of chess playing guys. You'll have no problem at all. Trust all right. me. So the question is, if you are if you're in this for the mating game, and- don't do chess. <laughs> We'll share a clip from our next episode right after this. Answering services are all the same. So wow your callers with the virtual receptionist service with the five-star Yelp rating, Ruby 
receptionists. Hurry to callruby.com slash QOTD to get free activation, a $95 value. That's callruby.com slash QOTD. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll be back next time when our conversation will go something like this. I want to get better at photography. I really, Why? I really love looking at good photographs, mm-hmm. so I would like to be able to at least make, in my lifetime, one good photograph. So in order to get better, I've been taking one interesting photograph a day. This effort to do a single photograph a day and then write some little kind of interesting caption slash story around it has been sucking away my uh, writing energy. Do you find this happens to you ever because you're involved in multiple creative efforts? Like how do you juice yourself up for more than one creative piece of output at a time?